0: Everybody, thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you're listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. And the host site is march4th.podbean.com. The link tree is in the podcast description. Y'all made it here, so you found me somehow. And I greatly appreciate you guys checking out another edition of the podcast. I tell you what, man, I'm just going to get right into it because this week's guest is a guy that I have a ton of respect for. I truly love this dude like a brother from another lover. His name is none other than Ryan Waiten. He is the vocalist and drummer currently, and also the producer, mastermind, if you will, behind Tropic Bombs. And uh, this guy is just – he's just an A-plus human being, man. A1, whatever you want to call him. Um, He's just a great guy. And some of you might know this story, but some of you might be brand new to the show. And I don't want to rant too much in the beginning of this, but I'm going to get you up to speed as to why I'm having him on. He's been on the show several times over the years, but – Back in 2011, when I was just a young pup, very green in terms of being a year out of college and cutting my teeth as a journalist, I was writing for Toledo Free Press. And we get into this in, into the show, so I won't get in too much. I'll give you guys like the Reader's Digest version, but um, I initially just did sports writing. For those guys, and then I started to do music features in the beginning of 2011, which is crazy because I'm 34 now, and it was 11 years ago. Uh, it's just nuts. And one day, the kind of the way the process would work is it was a combo between, excuse me, me going out and fishing for stories, as as it were, you know, uh, sending emails to bands coming through the area, artists coming through the area. And then the other part of it would be my editor would forward me emails that he would get, you know, submissions from people who who wanted to be in the paper. And one of the emails that I got from him was this musical project, uh, this new band called Tropic Bombs. And it was very enthusiastic. It was very – like hey you know we've been in different you know bands in the scene over the years and uh you know this is this is our new thing and we're really excited about it we're getting ready to start playing live shows again and we'd really like to get some press out there for the show so i followed up cuz i'm like cool man it's toledo uh i'm i'm a toledo guy i went to school there i grew up there and even though I don't live there anymore, I still, it'll always be home. And I still have, you know, my heart will always be in, in Ohio. You know what I mean? It's it's shaped me. It's molded me as a person. So when I covered music for Toledo Free Press, I really tried to balance it between the national acts that would come through either Toledo itself or, you know, in the Detroit area with the local music scene. So that was always a source of pride for me to be able to cover all of the awesome local artists, and especially at that time, there was a lot going on. Um I digress. So I meet up with Ryan, he follows up with me, and we met at a Barry's Bagels, not far from where my grandparents' condo is, out there in Sylvania. So this is getting a little inside baseball for those of you who aren't from Ohio, but it's a great, great bagel spot. And we did the interview, you know, I talked to him about the band and what they were doing and got the gist of of what was going on and Ryan and I talked for I don't know maybe an hour and it's always a little nerve-wracking for me whenever I meet new people and you know some of it's just my anxiousness as a person I guess and just my anxiety but but Ryan Ryan if you know him and a lot of you listening to this will know him obviously, you know, as Tropic Bombs you know fans or family or friends of his like he's just a very he has a very like calming energy like Ryan is just one of these people that just like you know there's there's very few people that I've met in my life that have that where you can just totally be yourself around them they just are very disarming you know my grandpa was like that Ryan is like that you know and um I aspire to be like that it's it's one of the reasons I admire the guy because I just feel like he's very um he just has that energy. You know what I mean? And it was one of those things where it's like I talked to him and I was like, wow, this is a he's a he's like a good cool dude. He's a good guy. And we stayed in touch and um I remember the story came out and I felt bad because when I referenced all the band members, I put X, whoever they were in before. Well at the time their bassist Nick Archer was still in Once Over. So that was just kind of like, oh man. But anyway, so the short story is as these guys continued to progress through the Toledo music scene, I followed their journey the whole way through, you know, Um, from that first show to doing a story about them doing a Kickstarter for their first album and their Midsummer Meltdown shows. And um, I really take pride in, or I should say I took pride in when I was writing Um, And and really, it, it, it goes to this podcast as well, even though this isn't a print format of media, obviously, but I really try to let the artists, you know, and their voice shine through, you know what I mean? I didn't do too many cleaning up of quotes, because I wanted somebody to be able to read the story and kind of get a gist for the character of that person. You know, and that was something that Ryan always told me he loved about it was when, you know, he would read the stories that I would write about those guys their quotes were were not only how they said it but like they could read it and and be like yes that's how i sound and i and i always tried to to do that in my writing i'm not really a big fan of cleaning up quotes too much because i i just think it takes away from the personality of the story and and um so anyway um covered their journey for those of you who don't know the bumper music if you're not familiar with tropic tropic bombs the bumper music for this show that you hear in the beginning of the podcast the little uh, you know, lead-in music and close-out music when I do my intro and close, the, that, the lead-in music that goes into the interview and then the close-out music, that's, that's all Tropic Bombs. That's from their song Block the Sun off their debut album, Nuclear Honeymoon. And that is why Ryan is back on the show this week because this summer is actually the 10-year anniversary of their debut record, Nuclear Honeymoon, coming out. And I got in touch with Ryan and I just thought, hey, man, I think it would be really cool to do just a cool retrospective trip down memory lane with, you know, you guys and your journey and that record and what it was like. Because at that time, as you guys will hear, at least for Ryan's musical projects, they hadn't put out a a full length record in terms of the bands that he was in. And it was a huge undertaking and it was just a really cool time. Excuse me. Hopefully you guys didn't catch that burp a little bit. I had some snacks before I recorded so I'm a little little gassy, a little burpy. Anyway, but uh, but yeah, so we just thought it would be cool to get together again. Obviously, he and I stay in touch, but um but we thought it would be cool to get together and, and do a podcast about that time and that era because another thing that I didn't mention and and again we talk about it, but I mean, Ryan and I became friends. We became good buddies and um, he's one of those people where we could go months without talking or, or texting that much. And then when we do talk, it's like, I saw him yesterday, you know, um, when he and Mandy got married, which it's crazy that it's, um, literally as I'm recording this, it's it's like the seven-year anniversary of their wedding weekend. It's, it's so, time is such a weird, crazy thing, man. But um, he invited me to their wedding, and I went in, in 2015. And so really our friendship and, you know, this podcast that you're listening to, <clears throat> excuse me, previous podcasts that we've done, it's it's almost like uh not almost it is, it's it's a media stamp, like a, a, a time stamp in history of, of really our friendship and, and their band. And it's just really cool to me that especially when I look at my life and I'm an introspective cat and I look at uh the anxieties that I have and letting fear get in the way, which I've I've slowly you know, gotten better at over the years, and I still have my good days and bad days. Like, everything about a lot of the cool stuff I've been able to do, I really tie it back to this this friendship that I have with Ryan and, and Tropic Bombs in, in terms of taking a chance on those guys. I remember John Hammond, the guitarist in, in Tropic Bombs, one of the guitarists, I should say, in, in Tropic Bombs. Shout out to Crumb. I'd love to get Crumb on, man, but I, I know he... He doesn't like this doing this kind of stuff, I guess. But Crumb, I'd love to get you on, man. But but I remember John saying, I think it was the first time I interviewed him, saying, um, you know, you we reached out to like pretty much every media outlet in Toledo at the time. And you were the only one that got back to us, you know. And um, so when I really look at my friendship with Ryan and the guys in the band and the music they make is really awesome. This record holds up very well. Um, I have great memories associated with it and the time that it came out and just that time in its lead a music scene. But I really feel like if you're somebody who is listening to this and you're unfamiliar with, with the band, it'll sound as fresh today as it did in 2012. And I'm not just saying that because Ryan's my friend. Like, it's got a really cool vibe. It does have a summery vibe, I guess, just because you could, you know, the reggae elements and whatnot. But um, but I love it, man. And, and I really t- just this is an example to me of like the positive things that happen when you just do what you love to do. You know, I could have, uh, I could have let my nerves get in the way and maybe not done a story on these guys and who knows what would happen. You know, maybe they, they would have had a, a segment on the local news or something, but it Ryan and I don't become friends. And it's just, it's just something that I pass up. And, and 10 years later, I'm not doing this show, you know? So I always look at that as kind of a, just a cool moment in time that, um, by both of us going after what we love, you know, Ryan as a musician, as a drummer, as a singer, a songwriter with his friends in the music scene and creating this band. Um, and me as somebody on the other side of that coin, somebody who loves music, but was writing about it and now doing a podcast that has a lot of musicians like it, you know, our friendship and my friendship with that band has, has just come out of us going after what we love. You know what I mean? and uh taking a chance on writing a story on those guys and and just meeting him in person and the rest is history as they say so this was a really cool thing to be able to get back in touch with ryan and have him on the podcast again i love the dude like i said he's he's like a brother from another mother for real and um i just have a ton of respect for him and the guys in the band and they came out with a really cool um opportunity for fans if they wanted one on a limited press run to get a 10-year anniversary vinyl for this this album so we just take a cool trip down memory lane and uh, I didn't want to rant too much in the beginning and I'm already over 12 minutes so I'm gonna shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Ryan Waiten of Tropic Bombs here it is There Uh, it is. Well, Ryan, I appreciate you joining, man. Um, Obviously, it's always great talking to you. And this is uh, really exciting because so for people who don't know the bumper music you hear in March 4th is Tropic Bombs from the song Block the Sun. And that song is off an album called Nuclear Honeymoon, which came out 10 years ago this summer. Officially, it was july 10th if spotify is telling me correctly which i thought it was july but so yeah ryan, um is is really the backbone of all this him and john started it back i think in 2009 which is crazy that it's almost a decade and a half since all this got going <laughs> but i love uh, like a brother from another lover man so ryan welcome to the show i appreciate you joining me my guy for a nice uh trip down memory lane today
1: oh thank you sir yeah i mean i was uh <laughs> it's funny i'm making all these noises because when you say that the timeline and how long it's been since we put out that album and when we started this band which is our third band together which is really funny um it's just like wow time flies and um it's really it's crazy that it's been 10 years but man it's been a, a really awesome time and a really awesome journey i'm happy to be here talking to you about it
0: yeah dude and i and i was thinking like it was 2011 when I was starting to do music features for Toledo Free Press, um, which I think some of them might be popping up again. Uh, quick aside, uh, the website got restored, and I think there's been people working on archiving that. So for any people that are are local listening to this, which is probably going to be a lot of you as Tropic Bombs fans, but um, the the first time I met Ryan... Was back in like April of 2011. And that was when Ryan and John Hammond and the gang were getting ready to start playing live with Tropic Bombs. And we did a story about the band. And that was the first time I met Ryan. It was at Barry's Bagels in uh, Sylvania, which is that one still there? Um, It's, I, I don't even um, know what the shopping center it's in. It's like, is, if, if is you're- that
2: where we met? Do we yeah. meet at Barry Bagels? It I thought for some different.
1: reason I was thinking we met at like uh, the coffee place that was right in uh, Cricket West.
0: That that was the that was, uh, that was for the Midsummer Meltdown show story, I believe. The first Midsummer, yeah. You and I and John met at that, yeah, that was coffee there. place,
1: yeah. Which
2: now yeah.
0: is
1: called Sip. Is it uh, socially it's Yep. Man, you got it down. You're not even in the city anymore, and you know, <laughs> you know what's up.
0: I still remember, oh. man. But yeah, so so Ryan and I met like 11 years ago now, which is even crazy. And then we became we became friends like so I followed the band and have done stories about the band. And again, for for those of you who are fans of Tropic Bombs, you guys know this, but um, it was really cover, cool to cover their journey and also all the things that were happening in the Toledo music scene at that time. It was just a very. From from just covering it from a media standpoint and not being a musician myself, it it seemed to be very collaborative and very like you guys would go to other band shows, they would come to your shows, you guys would put people on on the midsummer meltdown shows. So so yeah, there's a lot that we'll get into on this one, but it's just it is crazy to sit here and be like, Oh my gosh, that was like 10 years ago, almost to the month when the record came out, your first album, Nuclear Honeymoon with Tropic Bombs, and then it's like we've been buddies for like 11 years. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, man. It's been, it's been really awesome getting to to know you and uh, doing all these interviews. I always tell people like, you know, hopefully this is never done, but if it is ever done and you need like a blast from the past and a trip through time and like, just to hear kind of how things were over the years, like literally just go back to Mike's podcast and listen to the ones he did with us because we've probably done like seven or eight over the years by now. And uh, it really does tell the story of how this has come together and how it's evolved. Um, So I know today it's just me, but I mean, you've got old ones with Steve Dwyer in there. You got John in there. You got Bino, Ben Snyder in there. Um, Even like newer members that weren't in, weren't around in the early days in our band, like Alan Hoffer. So there's a, you, you've really covered quite a bit of um, our ground, which is awesome. So happy to add another one to it.
2: Yeah.
0: And for this one, like take me back to 2012 with the listeners. Cause I remember the excitement around this record. And if my memory serves me right, you guys did a, uh, a fundraising campaign and it wasn't it wasn't go i'm trying to remember the name of the the project
1: it was kickstarter
0: it was kickstarter that's right it was Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, and there was another band i had done a story on um before y'all's uh, listen to me i'm in the south now so i got i'm, I'm adopting <laughs> y'all instead of you guys um <laughs> it comes out um but yeah i did a story on on a band <clears throat> and they had done a kickstarter i believe and then i remember you and i talking. and you're like yeah dude i i, I you know t- to do this this record like we want to get the fans involved we want to provide cool stuff for them and you guys did man and and i ended up uh being featured in in the in the artwork as far as like the the thank you notes and stuff it was which was it's really cool it's it's still kind of crazy to me that i'm like uh going to be captured in time with your guys's story like that. And that was such a huge honor, man. But um, I remember when you gave me the CD out of your trunk and I was like, Oh my God, I'm like, that's so crazy. Um, (laughs) But yeah. So, so take me back to like, like for people listening, what a big deal that was because in all your years of doing music, I remember you saying like, you know, we've done EPs we've toured, but we hadn't put together in, in our projects, like a full length record and so this this was a big endeavor for you guys man for Tropic Bombs
1: yeah for sure it was it was definitely huge because you know you have goals when you're a kid and you start bands like your your goals everyone's different but like one of our first goals was to play a show one day um then after that it was like to play shows with specific bands and then we started doing that it was like well we got to record some songs but like you know the first time it's just like a three song EP we're recording in someone's garage. And, you know, we didn't know what we were doing and it was just a, such a fun experience and you learn and you grow. And it's crazy to think that we had done, like you said, EPs, which, you know, for anyone who isn't like a big music person that's listening, that's just basically kind of like a shorter CD is usually maybe five songs or so arts was like five or six. Um, or we'd done a couple three song demos, three song EPs. And we wanted to do a full album. Um, I don't know. When I first started getting into more music, more than just listening to whatever's on the radio. Like when I f- started finding bands, I really liked that. Not all my friends knew about, but like some of my friends did it. They told me about them. I'm like, they're like, you got to get their album. And I'm like, well, how do I do that? And what is it? And you know, you get you get this album and you're like whoa this isn't just a song on the radio this is a collection of songs that they tied together in this physical package with this art and they're talking about it in the album they're they're thanking people and they're they're writing the lyrics down and they're giving credits and it's like this whole art piece and you're holding it in your hands and i just remember being a kid um i got my first well it's funny man i'm gonna sound so old here but i mean again i was a kid but i got 311 self-titled i think was the first album like i got and it was on tape cassette tape (laughs) yes um and i remember this is so funny my mom this is how young i was you know I was, little, I was little enough to where, like, my mom was buying me stuff for Valentine's Day because there's no way I would have a girlfriend yet. I was probably, like, fourth grade or something, and she got me 311 self-titled because because I heard All Mixed Up on the radio. And I was like, this song is so great. And so she bought me this album thinking it was all going to be, like, all mixed up. And then you read the lyrics and you hear the tape, and it's it's kind of vulgar, which is kind of funny to think of three eleven as vulgar, but like that album kind of was. And, uh, they were talking about like, <laughs> just stuff that a fourth grader wouldn't usually be jamming. My mom was so mad. She's like, I'm taking that back. You're, there's no way you're listening to that stuff. <laughs> so she like, she took it back and said, like, I'll get, I'll get you something different. What do you want? I was like, I want the beastie boys. <laughs> yeah. So she got me a beastie boys tape. And, uh,
0: was it any less vulgar?
1: I don't know. I don't think they, you know, maybe they got vulgar, but like
0: or they I never know. really they never really swore a ton, right?
1: I don't not that I remember. I mean I didn't have like their entire catalog, but they I think they were pretty like they were able to do it without getting too too vulgar, you know. And uh yeah. it was just like, man, this is this is so fun. Um so anyway, you as a kid getting that and being inspired and seeing that like real bands, like big bands have these albums. Well, you want to do that. So we went through promise tomorrow and we had CDs. We had a couple different CDs, but never a full length 10 or 11 track album. And then went through the devil and the executive, we released a couple EPs. And then finally, I remember, I remember we were talking about like, we need to do something we haven't done. And like you said, we toured, we done shows. We we did everything about everything else we thought we could really do with with what we wanted to do with music, and we go. We need to do an, a full length album. So that's what we did. We did Nuclear Honeymoon, and uh, we almost. Uh, we can get into this in a little bit, but like we all that album almost didn't get made. And I remember being like, "No, we said we were gonna do it. We gotta do it, no matter what." So we we made it work, and it turned out i think to be um something i'm so glad that we did and i'll always have as a memory of something we did together
2: yeah
0: we got to get into it almost not getting made because i don't think i i'm aware of that part of the story but I, i listening back on it today even before doing this man it was just like it was cool it was cool listening to it um front to back it it just it 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 just takes me it takes me back to that time because i i actually want to say the week that it came out it might even have been because didn't records come out on fridays back in the day or was it tuesdays it was was
1: tuesdays
0: yeah it was tuesdays yeah um and now it's friday right now stuff comes out on fridays well i guess people can technically drop stuff whenever they want but um with streaming and stuff now. But anyway, my cousin Shan, I want to say she got married the same week that your guys's record came out. Um, okay. And I think you sent it to me before, like on the low, like, Hey dude, like, check Oh yeah. It out. And, but just don't share it. I'm like, dude, I would never, I would never like blow the top off of it. And not, you know, so I, I had it and I was jamming it and um, yeah, just, just going back and listening to, all the songs on there. And, and like I said, and then you gave me permission to to use block the sun for the podcast, because it just has such an awesome build in the intro. Like it's just, it's so perfect for like introducing a show. And then even um, in between the conversation, like I do my open and close for the show, I used the I used a little build up. Like it, it it was just so perfect for the podcast. So so it's cool because like literally every show over the years, like you guys are in it even when you're not in it. And um that's, <laughs> always really what's, it. that's always what's been cool about it. But uh but yeah, man, it's it's a moment in time, but the record also still holds up. Like it's still the production on it is really great. The ebb and flow of the record is really great, you know, like you guys have more high energy songs. You've got more, you know, a song like Light the Way, which is a, a more mid tempo song. Um, it's, uh, you've got Samson on there, which, which I love. The art of cloud cutting, which is always one that I love with the tempo change. So, anyway, I'm geeking out right now, but uh, that's a long way of saying that it really holds up and um, you should be proud of it. But the fact that it almost didn't happen, we got to like talk about that because that's something that I didn't know.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you. Um, I mean, I'm glad to hear you say it holds up because that's one thing I, I, we never try to make a certain type of music, but one thing that I am proud of and that I, when I think back, I go like, I guess I've always wanted to make music that is timeless, meaning, you know, everyone knows what timeless is, but like, it's not super stuck in one genre that is, you know, you'll be able to tell like, oh, wow, this is obviously like from this time. Like I want someone who's never heard Tropic Bombs to put in Nuclear Honeymoon in 2035 and not know if it was an album that just came out or what. Like I don't want them to be like, wow, this is obviously 25 years old. Um, And maybe that's asking a lot, but so far I think – it's kind of done that because there's not really like we don't stick to one genre. Like, we're, we have so many influences. And, uh, <laughs> so I think that's what helps it hold up. It's not following. We weren't following any specific trends or anything like that. Um, we're not really good at that <laughs> anyway. Um, we just write what we feel. So I think that is kind of why it's, you can bump it like, still to this day and it might not feel outdated um so i appreciate that um as far as it not almost not getting made um you know it was our third band together meaning me john and crumb and by this time we almost didn't i mean we've talked about how we almost didn't even become a full live band it was just supposed to be me and john you know jamming but some friends kind of um encouraged us to take it live and do shows and uh they said man those would be i think those songs would be great live and you guys should should do it and we were all it's it's funny because we were not kids anymore we were like into adulthood and by that i just mean we were like in our early 20s but still like we had responsibilities and people were trying to figure out like what's the next step in their lives so a lot of the bands are in the scene were either broken up or we're breaking up and we were just kind of starting back up together but things were different so the reason that it almost didn't get made was at that point we had Jason Goss as our drummer um, and we were playing shows we were we had written a bunch of songs and we knew at some point we wanted to record but we didn't know when and this actually kind of worked out really well timing wise because it kind of pushed us to do the record he had an opportunity he's a great drummer and he had been doing some like studio sessions i mean he can drum like any style and he had an opportunity to move to la and do some music stuff out there and he told us like god i don't know when he told us but all i remember is he gave us some heads up and he's like man I don't want to like like I don't want to quit the band, but like I have to because I'm gonna move to LA and I've got some opportunities out there I gotta follow. And that was for that's what he was gonna do for his like career. Yeah. Um, so we had to expect that. And the one thing that was like we had all these songs and we had been playing, and I was like, dude, shit, man, like oh, can I yeah, I can cuss on here, right? This isn't yeah. this isn't for cable TV um probably <laughs> not custom not. cable tv too um <laughs> it's not daytime tv but yeah i was like man we got to do this album because we said we were going to do it and we have all the songs but like jason's gonna move and then we won't be able to do it so we were we were like all right let's freaking do it and i don't know i don't remember at the time if everybody was like all gung-ho or i'm sure some people were like oh shoot that's gonna be rushed or whatever but i was just like no we got to do it so we did, we recorded the entire album. Um, Jason moved. When did he move? He moved, man. He, he moved before it was released because then we got Steve Dwyer and, as, as our drummer. And the, the funny thing is, Steve was actually like the drummer to start it all, like at very first. But he he only did that for a few months with us, and Steve was just so busy at the time that like we we're like, oh, we don't know if this is gonna work. Like he's got so much responsibility, and he didn't know if it was gonna work either. So that's when we got Jason. But then when Jason moved, we're like Steve, I don't know if you'd ever want to come back, or and he's like, oh yeah, let's do it. So so Steve came back, and we wrote one more song that we're like, dude, ah, we really love that song. Too bad it can't. It wasn't on the album that we recorded. And that was Chrysanthemums. And we decided to try to record it and add it on. And that's what we did in time. We did it in time to <laughs> release it, excuse me, in the summer. But had we not, <laughs> had we not have like pressed it and like, or had Jason not have been like, I'm leaving, we might not have even recorded that album because we have a tendency to be kind of perfectionist and take forever to write stuff because we want it to be really, really good no matter how long it takes and we probably would have just continued on trying to perfect things but this kind of forced us to to just record it um and yeah there's things that we looking back we could have we would have done differently or could have done better but like overall we're, we're so happy we did that album and like people seem to really take to it so we're happy it got made <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's cool to hear that story. Cause I remember us talking about, um, you know, like, you know, back in the day, Steve coming into the band and he was kind of in it at the beginning. And for people who don't know Steve Dwyer, and again, there's, there's going to be a lot of you who do, but for those of you listening to this who aren't from T town, um, Steve was in once over forever, uh, with his brother. And then those guys, um, started a new band called star sleeper like probably gosh what has it been now ryan like maybe six seven years ago star Sleeper. yeah that's probably about right i remember the white raven ep from once over was like i think i think it came out before i moved to nashville that was probably like 2014 maybe or i was gonna say it's like
1: 13 or 14 i think on that one yeah actually yeah, it was it was 14 because we did a, a dual CD release show with them. We we were releasing our second album, and that was in 2014.
0: That's right, turned to Bomber Bay. Yeah.
1: Yep, and when we played a show. It was a sweet show. We played with them, and we both released our CD that night. Oh, that was so fun. <laughs> was that that one, I want to say? It was, at, um, was that Frankie's well, one? No, that <laughs> one was that. It's now called Main Street Bar and Grill. It was the old main event. Oh yeah, Um, yeah! Right down down the street. Yep, right down the street. Yep, I was. Yeah, I was at that show. I remember that. That that was a really cool show.
0: Because I spill, I remember that night vividly too. Because there's a there was I was at Frickers downtown with a couple of my buddies who went to the show with me, Chad and Brian, and um, we got some shots of Jameson.
2: (laughs) And I remember those.
0: There's like a one guy
1: was really tall wasn't was it chad that was really tall
0: uh that's my buddy nate my buddy nate, nate
1: that's Nate. yeah
0: my buddy nate's
1: like six five
0: yeah um, I him. chad's chad's pretty tall though too like you're tall you're like what six two yeah i six six chad's about your height i'm like six one on my license but in reality i'm probably like barely six foot um <laughs> but anyway yeah i i, I remember that night because i remember i spilled i spilled a shot of jameson and i was like really in, embarrassed in front of the 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 waiter. She was really cute. Awesome. And I was like, I just totally I was getting all excited talking about the show and I talk with my hands a lot and I spilled it. And then she just kind of looked at me like this loser. Um it was probably all in my <laughs> head that she thought I was a loser. But anyway. So no I that's, I remember I that because we went to uh we went to the show after that. So yeah, 2014. That's crazy. But yeah. um but yeah because Jason, I remember when I was writing for Toledo Free Press. I think that 2011 correct me if i'm wrong i don't know if you guys were calling it the midsummer meltdown yet i think you were yeah because i i think you were because then in 2015 was when you got married you and mandy got married and i think it was two years before that it was 2013 i know i'm jumping around everybody hopefully you're good at arithmetic but i think it was 2013 when you proposed at that midsummer meltdown to her
2: so yeah so
0: i remember because i still remember and people can look it up um, and I still have a, all of my articles in like a, a, a box, um, as like a keepsake, which I don't know, might sound weird to some people, but I still like physical things as a remembrance. Yeah. But I remember the picture for the, stu- for the midsummer meltdown story was you guys all dressed <laughs> in like bathing suits and stuff. <laughs> I think Jason might've had swimmies on some, I think some Dude, had swimmies on and that was I, at uh, mommy <laughs> Bay state park. So Jason yeah. definitely in the band in the early
2: days
0: yeah a coconut bra that's
1: yeah yeah he was so and he's like this little ripped like vin diesel looking dude he's got like a coconut bra and short short like like daisy dukes on (laughs)
0: because that was the story where we were you and john and i met at what is now sip um i don't think it was sip at the time Over at, uh, I was at central park West. This is really inside baseball for people who aren't from Toledo, but it's, it's a coffee shop and it's like a cool place where they've got like an upstairs area and it's right down the street from the university of Toledo. So for people who aren't from Toledo, you can picture just like, you know, your typical college, like coffee hangout shop. And, and, and I remember, um, I, that might've been the first time I met John, um, and you, and you were early on the video stuff. Like you, you guys were posting videos and, and all of that already. Um, in terms of like the early, I would say the early adoption of YouTube stuff. Now everybody's got like online content and whatnot, but, um, but yeah, so I remember meeting you guys there. And one thing I tried to do in my writing was I didn't like editing quotes a lot. I didn't like I didn't like cleaning up quotes because when people read stories that I did, I wanted the personalities of the people who I was talking to, to come off the page. So like, if people say, yeah, man, or like, oh, or whatever. And, or, you know, and I remember John had this quote about um, how there was cops and you guys, I think Nick had like one of his kids at the time was like, not like a newborn baby, but maybe really young. And he was just talking about John was just talking about this cop just saw this crazy van of these people dressed looking like like crazy people with a baby in the car or whatever. Cause I think you guys got pulled over or something. But so yeah, that was yes. that story. And I just put the quotes in there. And I and I remember you even saying after, like, dude, like I love how it's like when I read it, it's it sounds like me. And I'm not saying that to like toot my own horn, but it made me feel good to hear you say that because like that was my goal not just with you guys but anybody that I wrote I wanted people to read it and kind of get an idea even if they didn't know you of like hey this is how this person talks you know what i mean
1: yeah and you did a great job of that and i still like always have loved that because i've i've read other um you know interviews that you did before you were doing the podcasting when you were just still doing the writing um exclusively I read some from different bands, and some of them were people I knew and I was like that I could totally see that person saying that and then some of them were people I didn't know, but i by the end, I kind of had this like picture i mean it's like when you read a a novel um you wanna you know you wanna hear that character's voice, and it's the same thing you know I've definitely had interviews where people just paraphrased everything I said and but they put it in quotes and I'm like oh my god like sometimes they even use wording that they don't even know like comes off as like weird or uh, arrogant that like words that I didn't say because I'm you know I choose the words I want to say based on how I'm actually feeling and like I remember being like oh my god that makes me sound so bad you know with some people they always mean well but like I definitely liked your style of just saying just writing what we said you know um so yeah those were fun those were fun meetups though back back in the day with you
0: they were man it's so crazy how like um i mean i'm 34 now are you 36 we two years yep. ago? that's right
1: and are Thanks. you october 3rd dude you're a guru man you know I- every-
0: <laughs> well I, and i think i think it's because my birthday is oh, march 4th and for some for a while i thought yours was october 5th and i think a couple of years i texted you, and you're You like oh it was a couple of days ago like you're always cool about it so i think i finally locked it and i'm like no it's october 3rd he's
1: october yeah it's october 3rd yeah um, um that's but yeah
0: awesome. yeah it's just it's weird being this age like i like i'm happy in my 30s but it's also weird like It's just weird to look back and go, like when I met Ryan, like when we met each other, I was twenty-three and he was twenty-five. And now we're in like our mid thirties. Like we're closer to 40 than we are 20. And when we met, we were closer to 20 than we were 30. It's just, it's just kind of like a mind trip, you know what I'm saying? And I don't even mean it in like a bad way, you know, it's just weird.
1: No, it's just, yeah, life just goes, man. And like you're you're here and and you're going with it. You know, I mean, it's funny because I don't know. I never, I never like discriminated against older people or whatever, but like when you're a kid or even when you're like early twenties and you think of someone that's like, um, older than you by more than just a few years, you almost can't picture being that age or getting to that point. And I think you also think, man, when I'm that age, I'm going to feel really old. And this is my life's going to be like, And you don't realize, I mean, this is just my, my experience. Like this could be totally way off for other people, but like, for me, like in a lot of ways, I feel like I've grown and I've learned so much and I've, I've developed a lot, but at the same time, I also still feel like the same person. I don't feel like how I thought I was going to feel at 36. I thought I was going to be like, I don't know what I thought I was going to be like, but I, I definitely feel like. I would still feel pretty much the same, and still feel kind of like you know have the same interests. Um, still be playing music. I was hoping I would, but I I wasn't sure what that would look like. And you know, you always just be like, well, I'll never. It'll be a hundred years before I'm thirty <laughs> six. You know. Yeah. Um, one funny thing with that is when we wrote Chrysanthemums, you know, which was obviously about like my past relationships and kind of growing and then meeting Mandy and in the song, there's that line where I say, nowadays I'm only 26. Um, and, and at the time, you know, I had gone through the whole song. I start out with back then I was only 12. And then the second verse, I say back then I was only 21. And I talk about like how I didn't know certain things. And then I said, nowadays I'm only 26. And it's funny because I always kind of joke, like when we'd play that song live, over the years i never wanted to be like a fraud or like trying to be something i wasn't so i'd try to adjust the age real quick to reflect whatever age i was like 28 or whatever because i didn't want to be like no one wants to be like the 30 some year old dude claiming he's 26 like i'm not (laughs) gonna do that so like and i didn't feel like i needed to because i was like oh dude 30 some year old version of me is way better than the 26 year old version was but I always joked about one day I'll make it like full full decade and I'll get to say like nowadays I'm only 36 and it'll actually rhyme and make sense again. Because when you say like nowadays I'm only 31, then you have to try to find something to like clever to rhyme with 31 real quick. But, but like if we were to play a show right now, I could actually use 36 and it would fit perfectly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Cause right after that, it's like um, nowadays I'm only 26, but I've got a hell of a grip a better grip on what i want from this right
1: yeah yeah so i'd always like i never premeditated it cuz like i'm not <laughs> a very i'm not a, like a premeditated type person when it comes to performance um like i just do whatever comes over me like we practice we'd practice the music we'd make sure that was good but like i was very in the moment like i was not about choreographing anything like you would never find a choreographed thing in our stage show like to me it was just like fucking do whatever the music makes you do so in the moment though i'd be like oh shit and i'd try to like hurry up and throw a line and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't but it, it was always entertaining
0: <laughs> yeah be like nowadays i'm only 29 i don't know what the hell i'm about to say for this next rhyme
1: i never did it that well <laughs> oh, i yeah. like once or twice i landed it but usually it was just I just ended up like laughing.
0: Yeah. But I mean, like that's, that's the only song, um, you know, and that is, ba- I mean, I, and I think, I think we talked about that after. because um, that's, that's, that's basically y'all's like, you're, you're there. I go with y'all again. People are going to think like it's such a pretentious piece of crap. I, I've lived in Nashville for seven years, guys. It's just, it's getting Like, I'm not going full blown like this, which by the way, quick aside, I digress a lot on these things. Like, the weirdest thing about living in Nashville is that you will meet people who are from here and they talk like you and me, like they just like, it's. I mean, it's not, it doesn't have as much as like, cause Midwest, we kind of like, we put the Y before the a, like, instead of back, we'll be like back, back. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. We kind of do that. And like, when I go home, it's, fu- it's, it's like funny to me. Cause people like, like when you're from there, you don't notice it. But then like, when I, when I living in Tennessee, like when I meet like a, a fellow midwesterner it's like that spider-man meme i'm like oh you're my kin you know but in like nashville you'll meet people that that have like more of a flat kind of nasal thing going and then you'll meet people like yeah man i grew up um i grew up down there and uh we went to saint peter and paul church growing up and uh you know it's just it's and you're like like 20 miles apart people like somebody sounds like what you would think a southern accent is and then people sound like us it's weird but anyway like but I don't even know where I was going with that. I'm sorry. I totally derailed. But oh, yeah, I'm circling back Chrysanthemums. That that song is basically like, that's right. I said y'alls. That's um, that's that's your and Mandy's like jam. So that that was an interesting nugget because those were some of the things I wanted to get into on this with you were just kind of like cool little nuggets. And that that is one where even in the music video, she's in it. And um, that was where you guys had the break. In uh I I think it was the 2013 um midsummer meltdown when you proposed, which I was I was at that show and that was really cool. Um, but yeah, so that's that's like a fun little fun little nugget on that one. But that's the only one that references, like I feel like kind of going back to what you were talking about earlier and making music that's timeless. That's the only song where there's even a reference to age or date really at all on the album that I can think of. The rest of them are all kind of like they're just they they kind of stand on their own as far as just like you could hear them nowadays and even that song like you're referencing your age but anybody listening to that could just be like oh this dude was 26 when this was going on you know what i mean it's yeah. not like like oh this was 1995 or this was like 2002 you know what i mean
1: yeah yeah and that wasn't intentional to like not reference time or anything like but you're right like we don't really you know i guess yeah, I guess there's there's only, like, certain things. More in, like, Return to Bomber Bay, there'd be, like, little references where I make, like, where I was talking about, like, LMFAO or, like, um, and how I couldn't stand them at, or, like, selling out quicker than the Black Eyed Peas. Like, those you can go, like, oh, maybe, okay, so maybe this took place around that time. But, yeah, other than other than that, I don't think there was really... There, you're right. There is no no real time references on uh, as to what time or era it was on nuclear honeymoon. Um,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. Like you have the journey where you guys are talking about, and I, 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 was still, just think,
1: I was just thinking about that. That's why I kind of started blanking there. I was like, actually, you know what?
0: Yeah, because that that was a song that um, I remember <laughs> you you and I were talking, and I think I was. I don't know if we were at Steve's house at the time in his basement, uh, where they had like a studio or if we were at your place. But I remember you, you, you were like, dude, we've got, it's funny you say that you're talking about this journey. Cause I interviewed when, when I was interviewing you, I think you were saying like, I said something like, yeah, what's this journey been like for you? And you're like, Oh dude, it's so crazy. You just said the word journey. Cause we literally have a song called the journey talking about coming up in the Toledo music scene and everything, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, um God, that song is so fun. That that's a that's a fun song to play live.
0: Yeah, and, and that's what's cool about the ebb and flow of this record, because you guys hit people in the face like right away with Bomber Bay, the journey, and then light the way and Chrysanthemums. as it slows down. It picks back up with I'll see your ass at high noon, block the sun. Um, I wouldn't say it's like a it's not like a crazy like crazy tempo um but at the same time it's still got like a like a high energy with the intro and then the close, especially with the drums and the close. that and then um ghosts of time is like a cool um i think i think that's probably one of my favorite solos from john john does the solo in ghosts of time right
1: you talk, uh, yeah are you, are you talking uh you're talking about the like not the super heavy version but like the other version
0: yeah the one so on the record you guys have <clears throat> the the original from 2009 at like the end i think it's like a bonus track
1: yeah yeah not and, that one
0: yeah it almost sounds like he's finger tapping in, in that one um
1: mm-hmm. but the one
0: on the record has got kind of like almost like a flamenco guitar sort of like spanish latin guitar. yeah i always
1: oh, joked you. about it being his santana solo
0: yeah <laughs>
2: yeah
0: and then it's yeah. like art of cloud cutting samson and then the assassins of Abano, which was always that one was always like the closer from what i remember at the shows and people yeah. always, i mean people would get hyped for for those shows anyway but I, I always felt like that was a real you know especially with the burn chance like people would get really into that one at the end so long way oh, yeah. of saying that like the flow of the record is really cool in terms of how you guys had the different tempos like for you, cause you produced it and right. And put it all together. Like what was that like for you, especially this kind of being like, you're and John's, you know, baby, this thing was the Genesis of you guys jamming together. Like what was that like Ryan in terms of coming up with like the track listing? Cause I know there's a lot of thought that goes into that, that a lot of people don't probably don't even realize of like putting it together, going, this is a piece of art that we want you to listen to front to back. I mean, you know, people are going to skip around, but I know that's something that artists think about.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I remember we always kind of tried, no matter how long the album was, whether it was three songs or 12 songs, we tried to keep um, a good flow going. And one thing that we always, well, I always at least tried to do, I don't know like if others would agree with this, but like I always like having taking some of the slowest songs and putting them right in the middle of the album. Um, same with a live set list. Um, we would try to kick off real strong, get people, you know, engaged, excited, let them hear something that's like really cool right off the bat and keep that energy up for two or three songs and then start dipping into anything that's more like interesting or changes up the feel a little bit. And then usually midway through the set or midway through an album, try to do, um, like hit them with like a mellow song that really like lets them relax and breathe and kind of like feel the music and realize like, wow, this is pretty dynamic. And then we'll do that for one or two songs max. And then we'll bring the energy back up and start to ramp it back up until the, the finale. So that's how I try to structure like most albums I work on. And even with other bands that I've recorded, um, if they were asking for input on that i used to suggest that to them too just because it's it's a way that i've always found pleasing to listen to um i don't know there's probably albums i heard do it and and i just said like wow that's really awesome or another another method to that is save like keep your rowdiest song for the end but like right before the rowdiest song do one that is like mellow and like really brings the like energy down it not like in a bad way but like calms people down makes them feel like relaxed and like really like especially if it has a long jam or something like really just lets them zone out and then bust back in with like your craziest fastest shit Mm -hmm. as the finale (laughs) um you want people to be excited and interested when listening to your album and that's the beauty of an album it's such a lost god albums are such a lost um there's a better word out there than thing but i'm going to say thing um not a lost art but pretty much like with the way things are these days and have been for the last you know decade people you know they don't even buy music anymore They are streaming it on Spotify or Apple Music or looking up a video on YouTube. They're just picking one song at a time. A lot of times they're doing a shuffle, not even of the same artist. But if you really really take an artist that you like or love and you listen to songs you like and you listen to them in the album they're from and you listen to them in the order that the artist intended for them to be listened to. You can actually take away a whole different meaning and a whole different feeling from an album. And that is um, probably a good accidental segue into why it's so cool that vinyls are coming back and kind of what the whole purpose of this podcast is about is that we're, you know, re-releasing Nuclear Honeymoon on vinyl. Um, in a whole you know album format and i think i think that people who don't listen to whether it's vinyl cd whatever they don't listen to albums front to back should at least do that with the artists they really love because they're they're missing out and they don't even realize it i didn't realize it at one point either
0: yeah. Cause it's, it's a journey. I mean, it, it really is uh no pun intended, but it really is um, It's a journey when you listen to an album front to back, like that was one of my favorite things back in the day when CDs were, were the thing I, I would get yeah. the record, you know, if it was an album, I was really anticipating, I would get it. I'd take out the artwork. I would always get ticked because I'm like OCD and really anal about stuff. Like there was never a way I could figure out how to peel out the artwork from like, that that front cover without like you know what I'm saying like indenting like <laughs> the, the corner or like because you had to pinch it somewhere to pull it out you know what I mean yeah
1: the, it gets like torn a little or something
0: yeah yeah and then I loved that like you put on the record and I had like my Sony Walkman and that you'd put it on and you listen listen to it and you'd read the the lyrics for each song I'd read the thank you notes the liner notes you know like and it was really cool and you guys made a conscious effort to do that on the artwork for people who donated to the, uh, the Kickstarter campaign. And, um, you guys, you know, you put, you put me in there, which was like a huge honor. And, uh, it it was really cool. So I'm excited. I mean, without giving too much away, um, talk to people a little bit about like the cool things that'll be part of the album. Cause I know, uh, the vinyl, I should be, say to be specific, because I remember a couple of years ago, I don't know if it was on a podcast or it was just you and I catching up, but I remember you sending me pictures. You're like, I don't even have a record player yet, man. But, it, but you're like, I am so excited about, I can't remember who it was. Was it, um, was it atmosphere? I don't think it was atmosphere. It might've been one of his records, but there's somebody you're like, dude, look how sick this artwork is. Like, I'm, I don't even have a record player yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to collect, you know? <laughs>
1: It was uh it was A. S. A. P. rock,
0: yes, that's who it was,
1: yeah, and, yeah, and it was, yeah, literally, like I think maybe I don't, I always assume that people are it's funny, people probably don't even give a shit about like what I'm saying online, but I always assume that people are <laughs> thinking i'm I'm trying to like swindle them into buying shit or something, like I like I like marketing our stuff because, to people that I think would really enjoy it, I don't like I don't want ever want to be a pushy salesman type person though, so. I don't want to come off as gimmicky. So I made a post the other day saying like, like right after we announced that we were doing this vinyl, I was like, I literally, you know, there's some of you that have said you don't listen to vinyl or don't have a record player. I was like, I'm just letting you know, like I didn't either. And I just got into it like two years ago. And that's because I found, this record that was coming out by one of my favorite artists and the artwork was just so cool. And the record itself looked so cool. It was uh, his album, spirit world field guide. And dude, it was enough to where I was like, okay, like, I already know that it's, it's a cool and valuable thing to have a record collection, a record player. Like I know the reasons why it's nice I just never had saved up the money to do it. Cause it is a little expensive to start when you're starting from scratch. But that was my reason. I was like, you know what, man, like I've been streaming his fucking albums or listening to burnt, you know, c- CDs and mixes back in the day forever. And as long as I could remember, I mean, I would go to shows, I'd buy tickets to his shows. I'd buy t-shirts and merch and hats, but I never probably once bought a CD. I probably just was like everyone else. and was like, Oh shit. He's got a new album. out and went right to Spotify or wherever. And I'm not saying those are bad things. Like I still use Spotify. Like I'll listen to artists whose CDs I don't have or whatever. But um, I, I was like, you know what, man, I want to buy that album and then I want to go back and buy other albums from artists I've listened to and appreciated and who have influenced me, even if I have to do it over time. Um, so I didn't want people to think that I was saying like buy a record player and start collecting records just because we're releasing one. Like, no, I I really believe that like, there's a lot that I didn't even realize I was missing out on until I got the record player, got the speakers and, you know, started buying some records. Um, And like one example is I had listened to Atmosphere for years and years and years. Uh, enough to be like, man, I, I'm like a freaking expert on Atmosphere. Like, I spend to all, a bunch of his shows. Like, have all his albums, or not have all of them, but like, I, I went back and bought like pr- pretty much all of them on vinyl that were available. And I thought I'd heard everything off these albums, but like, apparently, one of the, one of the CDs I had that I ripped onto my computer back in the day when just listen off of that didn't have this one certain song on it because someone just missed it or whatever and it turned out to be a song that like literally brought me to tears like it was so powerful and I was like how the hell did I never hear this and it's funny because then I went back and listened to it again while looking at the lyrics in the booklet and I was like oh my god like how did I not hear that (laughs) you know and yeah I don't know it's really cool because There's just a lot, there's just a lot that you can, here, here's the thing, like right now, as I'm talking to you, I'm sitting in this room where there's no TV and there's nothing but this couch and these shelves. And there's some things on the shelves, but it's not like technology. It's like books and vases. And then I have my record player my record collection, and the speakers. This is where I listen to the records. And the reason that it's in here is because there's no other distractions. And this is the perfect place for it. This is, this is the room where you come if you want to listen to an album. Even though I have a studio downstairs where I could do whatever I want, listen to whatever I want. I could even import the albums and change the way they sound in my studio. But that's not... That's not what's supposed to happen. The artist wanted this to be heard a certain way. So I put that on my turntable and I just lay down and zone out, man. Or I look at the artwork and it's beautiful because you guys are probably all like me in that your mind is going a million miles a minute. You're always thinking of the next thing you have to do where you're on. You know, you're, you're listening to music while you're on the way to work or on the way to a social gathering or whatever you're getting ready and like you're focused on something else. And the music is just background, which is fine. But when you have a record player and you're sitting down listening to the record, you can put it on in the background, but it's also nice because it kind of forces you to just be absorbed in the, the music. You're not hopping around. You're not playing on your phone, like switching between spotify and oh look here's a funny reel of like a cat being scared by a cucumber or whatever like (laughs) you're 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 actually listening to the music and it lets you i mean it takes you to another place just like people say a good book does um it, it does that if you let it so that's why i'm a huge fan of vinyl and like just chilling and absorbing an actual album even though you have to get up and flip it um that's the only interruption you'll really have you know yeah
0: it's an immersive experience you know what i mean and and, uh so much of my music listening now too is it's like you said it's um it's while i'm doing other stuff it's while i'm you know going through a spreadsheet at work or you know while i'm working out and uh you know i i want to put on something heavy when i'm you know cranking through stuff and and trying to like stay motivated when i'm ready to just like crap out you know what i mean and so yeah that's what's to me cool about like you said vinyl making a huge comeback is um it's just i mean one it's super dope like i i don't know how many people go to record stores anymore i am glad that uh, toledo has culture clash i used to go to rama lama back in the day and loved it like that experience is so cool to me because um, it's a big box store that I, I won't say the name of it, um, because I don't want to, like, you know what I'm saying, like, I'm not here yeah. to throw shade on anybody. But I remember I went in there to get the new Trivium record, this was probably 10 years ago, and um, I remember the, the gal, she was very nice, but I could tell she had no idea who the heck I was talking about, and yeah. and they had a pretty good metal section, but again, this was this is a big box store you know at that time streaming was just starting to pop off so that that part of things was starting to get phased out and she was like trivium and i was like <laughs> i was like no it's it's trivium you know and and yeah. that's the an experience that you don't get when you go into culture clash you know pat you know may he rest in peace man um he sold me the only vinyl that I have right now. And it's still back home at my parents' house in Southeast Michigan, right over the line from Toledo. But I remember I got um, Mastodon, Crack the Sky, which is like oh, my favorite metal I record. Love that and, album. and the artwork is so cool. It almost, uh, it looks like um, the mo- if, if people remember the movie Big, what was the game where he played? Is it Zoltar or whatever? Um I don't like that. Oh my God. I'm the name is escaping me now, but like that, the artwork kind of like, looks like it's such a cool, it's just such a cool freaking. like, I'm so glad that I have that. And um, part of the reason it's still there is because I'm nervous to travel with it. Cause I don't want the vinyl to get ruined because it's literally like a 10, 12 year old, that that record came out in 2009. I think I bought that vinyl from culture clash and Pat in like 2011 or 12. So anyway, But so, yeah, man, like the artwork is just so dope. And like, that's what I'm so excited for you guys is to see the nuclear honeymoon artwork in that vinyl form. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, for one, you get the artwork on a bigger scale. So it feels more like a piece of art than like a little CD booklet. And even though we had like a 12 page cd booklet or like in our second album we had like a fold out insert that turned into a map and stuff like we always tried to go big with it sometimes literally but like it's still just different on a vinyl like you're seeing the cover it's a 12 inch by 12 inch format instead of like is it like four it's like 4.6 or something for a cd inches so i mean you're you're talking about three times as big um and then what i've always liked to do is When I buy a vinyl record, I'll search for uh, an edition because usually there's more than one edition if it's like a big band. Um, Not always, but like I'll search for ones that aren't the exact same as the initial like CD or the initial artwork. Like I'll find the ones that have like extra information about the lyrics or little notes from the band or pictures i haven't seen or whatever um because that shit is cool and like it's almost like a time capsule you know it, it's like it's a keepsake because yeah you can everyone has instagram now and you can see what celebrities and bands are doing 24 7 now but like that shit's different like okay you're you're going on social media you're you're seeing a reel or whatever and then you're like scrolling the next thing but there's something different about opening up an album and pulling out an insert that has pictures or something like that were intended that were put there by the artist for you to see and to keep in print you know um or information that they specifically included in there for you to think about and read and know while listening to the album that you bought like it's a very personal type thing um and we we tried to do that too um you know we kept the the cover very similar we adjusted some stuff on the back um but actually my one thing that i thought was kind of fun was i took the initial cover of nuclear honeymoon it says like You know, there's, like, the couple from, like, the 50s or whatever in the black and white car that's driving away, and it says just married. Um, Well, for the 10-year vinyl edition, instead of just married, it says 10 years.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, So I thought that was kind of fun, but there's stuff like that. And then, um, you know, vinyls, (laughs) vinyls really, it's, it's big for us to get to do it because it's really hard for local bands to do. Or bands that just don't have label backing because it's really expensive, especially now everything's expensive. But like, it's just really freaking expensive to make. And then, of course, you have to sell it for more. Um, And so then you're asking people to spend more money and all that. But like, the only way it's not quite as expensive is if you order like a bunch of them. So like yeah, if you order two thousand or five thousand or ten thousand, you're gonna get a price break, as opposed to ordering like a hundred or two hundred, they're gonna charge you an arm and a leg per unit. But also, if you're a local band, you're not gonna sell ten thousand vinyls.
2: <laughs> yeah, you
1: know. So like, and actually, most places don't even offer. You know, you have there's a minimum amount you have to buy, and a lot of them it's like two hundred fifty or five hundred, and they're gonna cost you a lot
0: right because they got to make money on making them for you yeah
1: right exactly and they have to do all the setup and everything um so you know we're we're just stoked that we get to actually do a vinyl um and i had to be kind of i kind of i did the i don't want to say did the artwork because we used some of the original artwork but um that nick archer put together and emily archer but I did, I revamped it and I did the insert from scratch. So there's an insert in there that I didn't quite show because I don't want to give it all away. I want people to open it up and be surprised. But there's a, there's an insert. It's a two color or it's a full color two-sided insert. And, uh, I don't know, man, if you're a fan of the band or you're a friend of ours, a friend of the band, any of the band members, like it's going to mean something to you when you pull it out and see it um, I didn't expect it to like, I got kind of emotional putting it together. I was like, God, man, this has been such a fricking trip. Um, so there's stuff like that, that isn't in the CD and isn't anywhere online, you know I mean? Created it just for this. Um, so if you're one of the hundred people, <laughs> we only did a hundred copies um, that end up with this, then you're going to have that and you're going to know that you have something that other people don't. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's a, it's a cool like kind of personal thing that I'm just happy that people are into.
0: That's cool and exciting to hear, man. Cause yeah, I'm, I, I can't wait to get my hands on it and, and I know you don't want to be a salesman so I'll be a salesman for you, but (laughs) you go to tropicbombs.com. You can sign up as a member. It's only five bucks a month. And you get all kinds of cool exclusive content. You get exclusive access to merch. There's behind the scenes videos. There's cool stuff from the archives. I was just watching something last week. Um, I think it was the making of. I think it was the making of light the way. Like the initial, and it was like you and John jamming uh-huh. in in the basement at, at, at the the old studio, man. Uh, when we
1: fir- yeah, we first when we first came up with the riff. Like I was recording off of I don't even know if it was a phone at the time or just like a digital camera but it's like oh that's a cool riff like we should jam that and we still have that and obviously obviously that song made it to album music video people got to know it so like going back and seeing the moment where we started like putting that together I think is kind of a, a cool thing
0: yeah so so like I said I know I know you don't want to be a salesman but I'll be a salesman for you cuz I'm a proud <laughs> member of it man and um I've been watching like, I love, I love behind the scenes stuff. Like that's my jam. Like I love it. Seven Dust is one of my favorite bands. And I remember when I got cold day memory, that record, God, that record's 12 years old. Now they recorded it with Johnny K. Uh, who's recorded with a bunch of bands like Nonpoint, point disturbed. Uh, he did a machine head record, um, bunch of bands, but um, anyway, they had like a cool, um, special uh, record that they released and it was the CD at the time and um, they had like a cool they had the CD and then they had like another digital kind of like a making of the record thing and like I love that stuff I love seeing people in the studio coming up with riffs coming up with like drum fills and like this is what this song means this is what we change this and you guys do cool stuff like that on TropicBombs.com so yeah people can join the bomb squad and it's and it, right it's five bucks a month that's that's nothing yeah
1: five Five bucks a month. We wanted it to be. People um, spend
0: thirty bucks a week on Starbucks. You can spend five bucks. (laughs) Um, Come on.
1: Yeah, we we wanted it to be something that um, was affordable and accessible to people um, who are interested. Because I figured, you know, we figured like, like you said, people spend all sorts of money all over places where they they don't even realize it. Um, I mean, I think, not that like everyone smokes cigarettes or anything i mean i don't but i i know a lot of people that do and i recently heard that they're up to like ten dollars a pack which is insane but um yeah five bucks a month and you get access to everything like you said all that stuff you said and i mean we're constantly trying to update it with more stuff um there's stuff from the archives like you said um videos of us putting together songs for the first time old studio videos and uh recently I started doing these song breakdowns which is I think is fun um and people have really been liking those it's kind of like a whole behind the scenes like I listen through to the song again nothing is premeditated so like I surprise myself in those videos I'm like oh and I remember stuff and I get all excited like right there in the video and then I upload it like whatever came out came out so I did one for like um an old song even if I were and I did one for the art of cloud cutting that's going to be uploaded soon. So those have been those have been fun. I, I it's all the behind the scenes like info on certain little parts and where the inspiration came from or whatever. Um, and then we have started to finally. I know every time it seems like we, for years we've been saying like new album, new album, but like life has just been. Good. It's been really good, but it's it's kept us very busy and it's kept us away from each other as well. A lot of times, for good and bad reasons, we're, we're all still friends and we all still hang out. Um, but like, it's been very hard to write new stuff. So we're excited to finally be getting some recording underway. Um, literally just last week, Crum and I started officially that process, which it's a huge whole process, but we started officially um after several years like some of these songs are recording that are new songs we've had written for like five years oh wow (laughs) yeah but they're gonna be new to everybody (laughs) yeah yeah and they're not fully fleshed out like they don't all have like lyrics and stuff but like the riffs and the structure has been there for like five years some of them some of them are like we just wrote like last week so you're getting a good span uh of i mean it'll, it should all seem new and again hopefully they're all timeless as well um i my adhd is like making me forget why what i was supposed to be talking about right now
0: no it's all good you were just talking about how you <laughs> um how you guys are are working on uh how you guys are working on new music and um yeah man i and, and i like i said i'm just I, i'm really excited uh about
1: the bomb squad sorry yeah yeah there's there's gonna be more videos now that we're starting to record i plan on on, uh letting the bomb squad members in on that a little bit i mean we're we're pretty private with our when it comes to our recording just because i don't want to be invasive like when the guys are trying to figure out a part or record like it's already enough like pressure i don't want to like then hold a camera up to them (laughs) but if they'll let me on certain parts i will or uh i'll get some of myself like drumming because i'm drumming on this album coming up and singing so there'll be more behind the scenes stuff to come with that as well
0: yeah it's it's super awesome man and i remember you reaching out to me when you were coming up with ideas for the website and it and it really um you know, I'll, I'll talk your ish for you, man. Like the website turned out great. And I think there's a lot of cool stuff on there. So for people listening to this, who have been, you know, friends and fans of the band for a while, or even if you're somebody listening to this in another part of the world, and part of the reason you check out this podcast is because, you know, I have like awesome independent musicians like Ryan and Tropic Bombs on here, like definitely do yourself a favor and check it out, especially if you like discovering, you know, new music. If you, if you're new to the game with Tropic bombs and if you're a diehard fan, man, like I don't need to tell you guys anything more than you already know. So I'm really excited, man. I, I guess just to put a button on this bad boy, um, cause I don't want to hijack your entire Friday night, even if it's going to be Tuesday in June when people hear this, but, um, but oh, yeah. yeah, any other fun? First of all, thank you again so much for doing this, dude. I love you. You know, I love you like a brother from another mother. Like, I, I really appreciate our friendship, man. Um, he's showing me the dog right now. Just <laughs> uh, That's my Friday night. He's got two cute little Pomeranians, man. Um, but, uh, but what are some other cool little nuggets? Um, just things that stick out for you about recording the album, maybe some stuff that people don't know that you want to share, whether it's things about putting the artwork together or a cool moment in the studio with the song. Like when you really think back 10 years ago to, to nuclear honeymoon coming out and the record coming out, what are some of your favorite memories of just making the album?
1: Man, it was a, it was for a lot of us, I mean, Steve and Nick, Steve Dwyer, Nick Archer, they had done full length albums before with their other band once over. So they kind of knew and Steve produced those. So they kind of knew how long and how much work it was to do a full album. Um, I knew because I had recorded a lot of other bands and I had several that were full albums, but I think it was, it was my first time, recording a full album that i was also performing on um with a serious band there's been like silly stuff i did but like the other guys didn't really know even in all their experience as musicians like how much time and work it would be i mean i still have notes i still have printouts of like when we were like 90% done 95% even like i have like pages and pages of little notes with time signatures of like Bino needs to fix this part. John needs to fix this part. I need to fix this part. You know, stuff like that. Um, so just, it was kind of like our first time all together realizing, like, how much was involved in that. Um, and that's the thing. People, people, there will be bands that say, like, oh, dude, that's awesome. You guys get free recording because I'm the one that records it. But, like, um, it is. And that's kind of why I went to recording school to learn how to do it. But it's not really – first of all, it's not really free because I had to buy all this stuff for yeah. <laughs> to do it, um, which is way more expensive than it would be to just pay for someone to do it, honestly. But, like, also, I'm going to repeatedly use it throughout my life, um, and I get to have control over it, which is priceless. But, like, I don't know. People don't realize how much work goes into it. We didn't even realize how much work went into it. Um, but it was a really great, it was a really great, uh, experience. I mean, there's something about, we, we, we pride ourselves on sounding live like we do on the album and that's because not because we're like freaking phenomenal or something. It's just that we like to be really authentic, um, both on stage and on the recording. So we don't do a lot of like overproduction. We don't, you know, we don't fake our amp tones and shit like we set we use real amps real speakers real mics it's not all digital virtual instruments like most stuff is these days um believe it or not um like a lot of the bands you hear they don't even record through amps they just go in through a computer they pick a preset you probably see the uh ads all over facebook like oh get this famous band's tone in this preset plugin you know whatever like that's cool the software is amazing But like, we have always been like, no, dude, when you come to a show, you hear live drums, you hear our amps with our settings, our knobs turn the way we want. And that's how we we record too. So people always be like, oh my God, like, it sounds like it does on the album or man, the album sounds like when we came to hear you live, like, and that's the way we, we like it. It works for our band and our sound. It's maybe not for every, every band but it's it's definitely works for us so um with that being said there's still something really really cool and rewarding about like hearing it all come together on a record you know when you're when you're playing stuff live and you're jamming it sometimes it's usually just a few members or maybe if you're lucky to get everyone together like you're focusing on the show coming up or whatever like you're just practicing and tightening things up but to sit back you know after the drummer has recorded and then the rhythm guitar and then the the lead guitar and the bass and the vocals and like you start to hear the song like as if it were on the radio or something and you're like that's us that's us (laughs) like (laughs) i don't know man like there's something that i wish everybody could experience it at least once like It's really fuck cool, (laughs) and that was the not our first time getting to do that by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, by the time we did this shit, we'd all been we'd all been recording and putting out um, recordings of our songs for uh, at least five years. Some some of them like almost ten years. So this was not new to us, but like it was the first time we got to do it together. And it was also, this band was made up of a lot of our friends from other bands. Like we were all in bands to, together, like in the scene, but this was like a combination of those bands. So it was like, Oh my God, I'm getting to do a record with my all-star lineup of like who I'd pick to be in a band with, you know? Um, that was something that was really cool about it. Um, I also remember the, I remember the feeling of, waiting. Oh my god, like especially this day and age everything's so instant. You don't have to wait for anything, but like not only did we have to like do all the work, but then when we were done with all the work, like we recorded everything and then Steve worked so hard on editing like, you know, little sounds out and stuff cuz my at the time my equipment I had was not capable really of doing that. I recorded everything. That was my part that was a big long task i set everything up but steve had a big job in that he had to edit everything fade everything in and out and make sure the levels were appropriate and add effects and stuff like he did a shit ton so we had to wait for that but also like go back and forth with him like hey can you try this can you try this then nick did a bunch of the artwork and like we Like I literally hand wrote all the lyrics hand wrote all these thank yous in there and Nick like scanned them into his computer and put all these effects on my handwriting. And so everything you see on the artwork is, uh, I remember crumb was dude. I like whatever font that is. I was like, well, it's called Waitin's handwriting. (laughs) Cause that's what it was. Um, and that was another personal touch. Like it's just like, I wrote them, you know, I wrote those just like I wrote them in the notebook. The first time I wrote the lyrics, So then you wait, you wait, um, you you send it all off and then they tell you, oh, you have to fix this art file or the sound file. And then you wait for months. You wait for them to, we had like a thousand CDs made. So it was like, oh my God, it takes months for them to put it together. The company that you send it to put it together and then ship it out to you. And I remember we started getting updates on when it was supposed to arrive. And we had like this big ass barbecue and we had this big party at Nick's house on the day that they arrived. And I just remember these boxes, like seeing the boxes come in of like, I don't You know how it's exciting when you get a package in the mail.
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> It's like that it was that times 10. It was like, Literally a thousand CDs. So imagine what a thousand CDs looks like <laughs> in boxes. And it was like, it said, tropic bombs all over them. And it said nuclear honeymoon, nuclear honeymoon, nuclear honeymoon. And we're like, what the fuck? And I remember we, uh, we just like sat there opening them and just looking through them. We're like, this is so sweet. <laughs> um, and I still have a couple of those boxes, you know, cause we, we knew being a local band, we weren't going to sell a thousand of them, uh, locally, but like we, we did end up selling, I think we have like maybe two boxes left. There was like a hundred CDs per box. So we literally had 10 boxes and, uh, I think I have like two or three boxes left. So we ended up between selling and giving away for promotional, you know, to some people randomly, like we got rid of like probably 700 of them some way shape or form over the years and we still have some boxes so like it's kind of fun to still have some boxes of cds like i still have a few hundred nuclear honeymoon cds in my basement (laughs) in the studio
2: um
1: but yeah there there's something about there's something about like getting that physical product that physical package that's just so gratifying and even though this is an old album not old but like even though it's not a new album that we're doing the vinyl on like dude I cannot wait it feels like it's going to be so surreal to to get a hundred first of all I don't know what a hundred vinyl looks like like I don't have that big of a collection so I probably have like 20 vinyls but like to get a hundred of the same vinyl will be kind of crazy which then of course will ship out to the people that ordered them but like i don't know i i cannot like when i look at some a band on vinyl and like, i'm like oh okay so they're like legit like they've done some they did vinyl like their their sound is pressed in wax like <laughs> so i think it's so cool like when i randomly at a record store see like a toledo band or a toledo singer even if it's like someone i've never heard of i'm like oh that's awesome. They're from Toledo. And they did a vinyl and I'll pick it up. I've only seen like one, I saw one guy who's actually passed away now, but his name was Eddie Boggs. And it was like, I'm like, Oh my God, I know that name. Like he's from Toledo. And it was like, he did a vinyl and it was really cool. So um, I just, it's surreal for me. Um, it's, it's one of the only things that feels like really surreal at this point. Like we've done music videos, we've toured with, we've, we've just done, all this stuff that's been great. Um, and there's certain things I'll never get used to, you know, like some of the compliments and stuff we get. And then certain things people say, um, or like anytime someone wants us to sign something like that, I'll never get used to that. Like I'll never stop being like amazed by that and feel like, what, (laughs) Like that's awesome. Like, I can't believe you want that from us. Like I'm always humbled, but this is something, this is something that like, I've just never experienced. So, if nothing else, like I'll get to experience this at least once, and then you know, we'll kind of go from there and see if we're still kind of deciding with the new album what format to, to release that. And so, people seem to be liking the vinyl. Um, we still have some left, and what I what I'm hoping is that um we sold the majority of them, but I, I'm hoping that when I get the rest of them, there'll be some left over and when people see them like i'll probably post what it looks like and show the art and stuff they'll probably be i'm hoping some more people that are like "Ooh, like okay i need that because that's what happened with me you know we talked about asap rock like when i saw it i was like okay i need that
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i you definitely you definitely will get you will get people to get them, man like and i'm 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 just so jazzed that you took some time on a friday night to To talk about it. And I can't wait to get it and hold it, man. Like I even thought about like doing a little Instagram live, like when I get mine, just to show people how dope it is. You know what I mean? Cause I'm like, you definitely, you definitely got to do like when you get the packages in, you definitely have to do like a video of just like, you know, or, or maybe, or, you know, have Mandy or somebody get just like your genuine reaction. Cause even now, like this is audio, but just seeing the excitement in your face when you're, when you were going back in time there with me on the barbecue and like remembering when the boxes showed up, like it was just like a little kid, like just being like so jazzed <laughs> about it. You know what I mean? And it is cool. Like, it's like it though it's, it's those things in life that you always remember, man, like those accomplishments, those watermarks of like, yeah, man, we, we friggin' did that. You know what I mean? Like, I remember, um, to a much smaller degree when I was rebranding this podcast, you're somebody whose advice I can trust. Cause you're honest with me and we're honest with each other as friends. And it's not like taking it like, oh, like Ryan's like, no, it's like, I, I was like, I know he's done stuff like this before with artwork. And when I rebranded the podcast as March 4th, you were one of the people that I sent the stuff that I was fooling around with. And I didn't you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just trying to make it like creative, but I also wanted to have the logo be something that would stick with people. And I wanted it to tie into the podcast and like the, the meaning behind the name March 4th. And I sent you through this company that I found, like where I was designing stuff and trying to figure out how to do it. Um, I sent you a couple of things. And one of the things you sent back, you're like, man, he's you're like, the, eye just doesn't know where to look with this. Like, there's like too much going on. And then I sent like, a simplified version, which is the one that I have now, which is pretty straightforward. And it has the arrow in the O on fourth. And you're like, yes, that looks like way better and simpler. You're like, I love the colors." So, so even just doing something like that, relating it to what we're talking about with you guys and in, in this 10 year anniversary thing with new nuclear honeymoon in this vinyl, man, it's like, um, it was just cool to see it. Like, like the logo for my podcast. So I can't even imagine it's gotta be like that times like a million when it's like an artwork for like a record that you're putting together, you know?
1: I mean, it's, it's probably the exact same feeling, man, because like for you, that's what you're all about. That's your brand. That's, that's your, you know, you do what you do and you put it out there, but you wanted a visual, you know, when when people look, they know exactly what it is. And that's exactly what an album is, you know. Oh, that's that album. You know, that's why I, I kept the original artwork on the cover, is because I want that familiarity. I want people to go, Holy shit, nuclear honeymoon's on vinyl. And uh, you know, it's it's definitely no less um important what you just talked about with your icon because that's a that's a mark of I'm doing this officially enough now to where I need some sort of like logo or icon because I have this website up where people can listen to my podcasts and, you know, you've, you've always been someone who's um, downplayed your own role and stuff. You know, you're, you're all about, you're all about the artist or the you know person that you're interviewing. Like you never make it about you and that's, that's a very rare thing. And uh, so now I'll, I'll talk you up and, and, You know, you know, since you did that for me earlier, like there's a mutual respect there because I think, yeah, that's the exact same thing, man. I mean, that was you taking your podcast, giving it a name and an icon, and making it something that people are going to see and recognize. And it's something that represents you and what you love doing. And so for it to come together and you to see, the version that you ended up, you know, using, um, I, I, I guarantee that you, you're one of the people that knows the feeling of what I described just because of what you just said there. I mean, you know what that's like. And I think people have their own versions of that in life. I mean, there's, there's definitely things that people do. Everybody has in their life that's way more important than like my music or my album or whatever, but like, Life, life is full of um, things we can't control and things that are stressful. And life is also full of things that are good surprises. So, I think cling to anything that makes you happy and anything that makes you feel proud that you've worked on, um, and and cling to those little moments because you know, and and get them in, get them in, uh, get them in print if you can because. You know, everything's digital these days, but, like, it's great to have something that lasts, that you, you can look back on forever. And that's that's what I plan to do with these vinyls. I hope that when I'm dead and gone, hopefully a long time from now, people are still listening to our songs, still hearing our music, still finding our vinyls and our CDs. Like, I want them to be, like, freaking floating around, like, Indonesia and, like, the Earth. 2096. You know what I mean? Like I want people to find those. Just like I find random old records that are 3 dollars and I buy them and I'm like, "Whoa, this is a sweet reggae band or jazz band or whatever from the 70s, the 60s." I want people to do that with with our stuff just because it's eye-catching and it's appealing and I hope it means somebody to something years years and years from now even after we're not able to still be doing it actively. That's the beauty of it.
0: Heck yeah, man. Well, I think that's a great place to end it, Ryan. Thank you so much again, dude, for taking the time. You know, I love you, brother. And uh, it's. I'm so excited for you guys 10 years later to to do such a cool tribute to Nuclear Honeymoon for your fans. And like you said, for people to discover the record, um, and hope, you know, I hope it's in Indonesia. That would be sweet if somebody found it in Indonesia. But, also, but I'm also hoping that people just they go get it when, when it's coming out, man, because um, I think it's a really cool tribute to this moment in time. And uh, yeah, dude, I, I really appreciate this, man. Um, I, I know where to find you. And, you know, the diehard bomb squad people on here know where to find you but for people who aren't familiar i'll put up the links in a podcast description for this episode but just uh if if somebody's new to tropic bombs listening to this let them know where they can find you guys man
1: yeah yeah um you know we're on facebook just like every every um person that's a millennial or you know past like the what is it what's the current like gen z they probably don't have facebook but like hey if, if y'all are some young kids and you're into some rock music, fucking dude, go just go to YouTube. Look our shit up, Tropic Bombs, or go to our website, TropicBombs.com. We got all our music videos on there, all of our uh, merch. We have photos. We have all sorts of stuff. And if you're looking to order the vinyl, um, provided there are any left at the time this is released, because hopefully there won't be but actually, for your sake, hopefully there will be a few left and you can cop one. It's tropicbombs.com slash nuclear10, as in one If not, just look around online. You'll find it. Look up Tropic Bombs.
0: Awesome. Ryan, I love you, brother. I really appreciate this. I hope I didn't hijack too much of your Friday night, man, but it's always great catching up with you. I feel like we could... If we really wanted to, we could probably turn this into like a Rogan-esque, like three and a half hour just you know, like novella of a podcast, but I ain't gonna
1: do that. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Lord but, of the Rings extended edition.
0: But yeah, man, this is this has been awesome, dude. It's uh it's 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 strange and beautiful that we're in our mid-30s now and uh we still have this friendship and strange. I, I only say strange just because it's strange to me how how fast time goes. Cause I just I remember us meeting, way back when, and it's just uh, it's just crazy how time flies. To think that like eleven years from now, I'm gonna be like 45, and I'm already trying to stave off the dad bot, and I don't even have kids, man. But um, dude, I, know. And because... I got I got
1: dad jokes for days, and I don't have kids. <laughs> but That's it's all beautiful. I got is dad jokes.
0: It's beautiful though, because it's like uh, you know our friendship was birthed out of like you sending me in email and you know trying to generate press for this awesome new music project that you were working on and here we are 11 years later and you invited me to your wedding and like I got to see you and you and Mandy tie the knot um it's just it's just there's so many cool Seven things that have come from like
1: 7 years ago you were at our wedding isn't that crazy
0: Yeah and it's this month right as we're recording <laughs> this May is the when's the official anniversary was it towards the end of May <laughs>
1: Yeah, the very last day, May 31st. That's so
0: crazy, man. That's so gnarly. Well, no. I hope you guys have a, a great seven-year Annie, man. But, uh, but anyway, I'm ranting again. It's just a long way of me saying, like, I love you, brother. And I really appreciate you doing this. I appreciate all these years royalty-free. You let me use your music for my bumper music and my podcast. And even yeah. – uh, you know, when this thing blows up and hopefully it does blow up, if somebody wants to give me like some of that Spotify, Joe Rogan, or like Dax Shepard money, you know <laughs> I mean? um, yeah. it's a Spotify or Apple or iHeart or Amazon, like that's going to be one of the things I negotiate is like, listen, y'all like, you know, I'm gonna sell my show to you, but I'm keeping my intellectual property and Tropic Bombs is always going to be the bumper music on my stuff. You feel me? You like that's what's, that's, what's up. So anyway,
1: I hope that happens. I hope that
0: happens. It would be a beautiful thing, man. But, uh, but yeah, dude, I love you. I appreciate the time and I'm really excited for the vinyl and everything you guys got coming up, man.
1: Man. Thank you. Thank you so much too. I mean, uh, you know, we love you right back and always love talking with you. Um, can't wait to, can't wait to put the vinyl out and then hopefully shortly after that, have a new album out for everyone too. And then we can get together, talk about that shit. (laughs)
0: <laughs> for sure man you know you're always welcome over here well go enjoy the rest of your weekend man and uh yeah man much love to everybody who's who is uh you know somebody who's been in the game for a while with tropic bombs too for for listening and uh you know for continuing to support these dudes because they deserve it so appreciate y'all too
1: thank you thank you thank you you have a good night mike you too buddy
2: all right see ya <music>
0: There you have it. That was my conversation with my good buddy, Ryan Waiten of Tropic Bombs. Drummer, producer, vocalist, great dude all the way around. I love you, Ryan. Make sure you go follow Tropic Bombs on Instagram at Tropic Bombs. They're on Facebook. They're very active on Facebook at facebook.com. I believe it's forward slash, I never know, backslash, forward slash Tropic Bombs. And their website is awesome, tropicbombs.com. You can become part of the bomb squad on there and get access to exclusive content behind the scenes footage songs they're working on jam sessions just a lot of really cool stuff opportunities for exclusive merch before other people and whatnot ryan did a great job putting that together so tropicbombs.com is the central hub all the links will be in the podcast description for this episode ryan i just want to say thank you again so much man for taking time i think we recorded on a Friday night. Uh, for taking the time to catch up, man. It was it was so much fun talking to you. That's just a really positive time in my life when I look back in my early 20s, just a young pup trying to cut my teeth and develop as a journalist. And at that time, I was also broadcasting for Toledo Sports Network, doing high school football and basketball, and uh, doing a radio show with the guys from Toledo Sports Network. Shout out all my, my buddies at Toledo Sports Network. I love you guys too. But you know, as you get older, and it's it, it is kind of even weird to say, um, being in my mid thirties now, to say that you know to think that I'm closer to forty than I am to twenty. You know, and at the time that I met Ryan, I was twenty three. It was April of two thousand eleven. So it's it's strange when you think about time, and and like I said in the beginning, just how fast everything goes. But those were really great years in my life that I look back fondly on you know 2011 was pretty tough um on a personal level on an emotional level kind of similar to 2021 so hopefully uh hopefully 2031 uh, (laughs) won't be as difficult as 2011 and 2021 were for me but uh you know my grandpa died that year um the first you know, woman that I fell in love with, uh, that relationship ended. It was a tough year. And then 2021, kind of similar in terms of a lot of death um, in my periphery. And, um, you know, and and another breakup um, that was very difficult, because we were together for about three and a half years. And and I really thought she was it. And uh, it, it was completely blindsided by everything. I digress. So, It's weird some of the parallels between 2011 and 2021 on an emotional level being difficult. But from a career level, um, both of those years were actually really positive for me. You know, 2011, like I said, getting the opportunity to start doing music features for Toledo Free Press when I had never done music features before. All my writing to that point, in terms of journalistic writing anyway, had all been sports. And that really opened the door for me uh, when I was at Toledo Free Press and, and got the opportunity to start doing music features. It really opened the door to doing all of this. So in a lot of ways, Ryan is a big part of me even doing this podcast because um, you know he wasn't the you know the first guy that I talked to. I think it was actually an independent singer songwriter named Peter Miller. I think from Minnesota it was like my first. Uh, music feature story but um, Ryan came a couple months after that in April the the opportunity to write about Tropic Bombs and really it it just it just continued to snowball you know those those um, you know the the early 2010s were just a really really great time for me as somebody who was a couple years out of college and developing as a writer when I again when I first started doing the music features for Toledo Free Press, I I wasn't even a year removed from college. I graduated in May of twenty ten and started doing music features in, in January twenty eleven. So um it, it just opened up a whole new world for me that really made me realize I, I wasn't going to be content just being a sports writer. You know what I mean? And um and I'm I really feel like this podcast is the truest form of as much as I enjoy writing um I haven't done it in a while and as much as I enjoyed those music features like this this feels this art form media platform whatever you want to call it really feels like the truest version of me um in terms of conversationally how I am and how I think uh giving people a window in my life which is uh sometimes a little (laughs) nerve-wracking but um you know, and I owe a lot of that to Ryan, you know, and he's always been very encouraging and uh just to see our friendship over the years, um it's just crazy to think that, you know, you know, a little over four years after I met the guy, I'm, I'm at his wedding. You know what I mean? Like and um that really doesn't happen. I mean, um I've I've developed friends in the local music scene from doing from doing these stories and stuff. But a lot of the times, uh, a lot of the people that I'm friends with are, are people that I knew before I started writing. You know what I mean? And so the fact that we had a friendship that came out of all this is just really cool. And, um, and really, I think their story ties in with the theme of this podcast, too, in terms of perseverance and moving forward. They've had lineup changes over the years, other stuff going on. And it's really been an effort to really continue to, to build momentum and keep things going you know, Ryan got close with uh, former He Is Legend guitarist Mackenzie Bell, who, you know, sadly passed away before his time, long before his time. And, um, you know, so there's there's been some some bumps in the road along the way, like there are for all of us. Right. And I think what's cool is that Ryan always goes back to the music with these guys, man. You know, regardless of the the lineup changes or the things that are going on outside of the music, he always comes back to the music and, and, and they collectively have just a really cool sound. So and again, I I know I'm preaching to the choir because a lot of you listening to this are fans of the band. You're like, we know how awesome they are. But I hope you guys enjoyed us taking a trip down memory lane. And, you know, there were things in that conversation that maybe you didn't know about that time. But that that time in my life will always hold a special place in my heart, man, because it was really cool to help be a voice um for the local music scene and cover the, the different artists that were around at that time, and it's really cool now, ten years later, that Zach Jacobs, a former member of Tropic bombs uh, you know is 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 running the Ottawa Tavern with his wife and uh Kirsten, I believe it is, and uh, I hope I'm saying that right because I think I said Kirsten before, and I think it's Kirsten. um but they've revamped Ottawa Tavern and they're doing all kinds of shows there now. So from a distance I've, I've seen that. So it's really cool to me that, you know, hopefully with COVID and all the crazy things that have happened, it's, it's from a distance. It's, it's been cool to see those guys doing their thing with the Ottawa Tavern, revamping it and uh, you know, providing a place where people can perform, you know what I mean? Because those years, we're so cool going to Frankie's and everything. It, it just, um, it was a lot of fun, man. So again, I just, uh, I really, really love and appreciate everybody who listens to the show. And I, I just hope that you guys listen to Tropic Bombs too. You know, it's, uh, it's been an honor and a privilege getting to know these guys over the years. And I truly wouldn't be where I am today with, without the friendship that I have with Ryan and the rest of the guys in the band. And um, being able to cover their journey along the way, man. So if you haven't listened to nuclear honeymoon and you're not a, you know, a tropic bombs fan listening to this and, and, uh, you, you are a fan of my podcast. I highly encourage you to check out nuclear honeymoon and check out their other work, uh, right now, not 10 feet from me. I have a picture of, uh, the alchemist gaze. I should say the artwork that, uh, that Ryan put together there there was like a cool canvas art that he gave me that was limited with the lyrics from that song and uh, I've had it at my apartment in Nashville now really almost since I've I've lived here so so yeah this is uh there's a lot of sentimentality in this one you guys but I'm not going to cry but but uh but yeah and, and if you didn't get a chance to get the vinyl I mean who knows if there continues to be even more interest after this episode comes out who knows uh maybe maybe they'll do another run. Uh, I think they did a hundred copies if my memory serves me right. And I think it's really cool that uh, to my knowledge, they were able to, you know, get orders for all of those. That just shows the interest that they, that they had on, on, you know, with, with their music and had on, you know, a 10 year, you know, piece of artwork. I can't wait to get mine in the mail, man. But, uh, but yeah, Facebook dot facebook.com forward slash tropic bombs, tropic bombs on Instagram, uh, I love you, Ryan. I love everybody who listens to this. I hate begging for likes and subs, but if you did enjoy this podcast, and you would be so kind, if you take the time to tell a friend to tell a friend, please like it, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes, and if you take the time on either Apple Music or Spotify, you can leave a rating and a review for the podcast, and what that does is it helps it get to more people within the algorithm who knew algorithm would play such a big role in our lives right if somebody told you when you were 7 years old in the 90s you know algorithm one day is going to have a lot to do with all the content you ingest you'd be like what i don't just turn on the tv no you don't not without data but anyway when you when you leave a, a rating and a review it helps the show rank higher and ultimately gets these conversations out to more people so if you would be so kind Take like two minutes to go to Spotify or Apple, whatever music service you use. I just know that on Spotify and Apple, they give you the ability to to like and rate podcasts. Please do that because, like I said, I want people to be more familiar with Tropic Bombs and listen to their music. They're great dudes. They make great music. And that's another privilege of this show is just being able to feature so many awesome independent artists that otherwise maybe wouldn't get the the publicity. You know what I mean? So I take a lot of pride in being able, as a as a fellow – you know, independent guy myself, being able to share this platform to turn people on to new music that maybe they're not familiar with. So, um, but yeah, man, and I just hope that everybody just be good to each other out there. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world, but I still have faith in humanity. There's a lot of great people out there, like Ryan, the guys in Tropic Bombs, people in the Toledo music scene that I've known over over the years. You know, whenever you get down, and this is something that I try to remind myself of too. Life gets hard, man you know, uh, you know, whether it's, um, sickness, death, heartbreak, financial, you know, issues and, and, and hard times, like there's, there's going to be things that occur in your life that you don't see coming and things that, that pop up that really hurt you and will test you, you know what I mean? And, um, and I know, cause I speak from experience this past year has been tough, man, but, what you got to know is that it gets better, number one. And number two, is just it's just learning how to just ride those waves when they come. You know what I mean? Life is not always going to be calm waters. There's going to be rough seas, man. And, uh, you know, we've experienced it in our country. We've experienced it in the world with COVID uh, and, in addition to a lot of other things going on around us, man. And I think the important thing to remember is just, one, like I said, that it gets better. And two, just learning how to ride those waves, you know, not act out of anger, not act out of fear, not act out of, uh, emotional instability, learning how to maintain, you know what I mean? And like I said, to tie it back to what I was, you know, talking about with Ryan at the beginning, um, in this intro to this show, rather, you know, that's what I appreciate about that dude is he always seems pretty even keel, at least in my interactions with him. Um so yeah just just be good to people man you know we've got the summer coming up live music is is back i hope that people can continue to go to shows safely and that uh, venues and uh, you know especially the smaller venues who have suffered really you know probably more than than a lot of places during the pandemic in terms of live music going away i really hope that uh, they continue to recoup and be able to put shows on and be able to make good food and good drinks and and have a safe, fun environment for people, man. So if you're in Toledo, please go support the Ottawa Tavern and the other local establishments that got hit during the pandemic, man. Go support local music, and and get out and and have some fun and and go to these shows because um, you don't know what could come from it. You know, in my case, it was, you know, ten plus years of friendship now with a really good dude and and uh, the other good guys in that band, man. So, yeah, I'm gonna put a button on this bad boy by saying thank you for listening. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. And I don't know that this particular Tropic Bomb song I've ever actually shared. In all my years of doing this podcast, maybe once, I'm not sure. You know, because when I've had Ryan on before, along with other members of the band, we've always shared usually what their latest single was at that time. But I actually want to share the song that you guys hear when you listen to this podcast. That bumper music is off of their debut album, Nuclear Honeymoon, and it's a song called Block the Sun. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Peace.